Welcome to Turning Season Podcast, your regular dose of active hope, bringing you deep conversations with people rising to their own role in the great turning. Our adventure, both perilous and wondrous, toward a life-honoring, life-sustaining society. This show is for every one of you who's awake to our multiple crises, feels your love for life on earth, and is in the process of finding your own way to participate in cultivating ways of life we can believe in, making a life-honoring present even in the face of an uncertain future. I'm your host, Leilani Navar. I facilitate the work that reconnects, I practice acupuncture and dream work, and I believe in the power of conversation. This podcast is one way the great turning happens through me. Welcome and thank you for being here. You're about to hear a conversation between me and Fernanda Lenz, an educator, facilitator, and visual documentarian in Sao Paulo, Brazil. She teaches classes in deep ecology that weave her Tibetan Buddhist philosophy heritage into Joanna Macy's work that reconnects. She brings an embodied learning approach that emphasizes empathic connection to our living earth, transforming apathy and grief into collaborative action. Fernanda started her career as a photographer after graduating from the International Center of Photography in New York City in 2013. She's produced documentary work with indigenous peoples in Brazil, documented elephants in Tanzania, and made pilgrimages with her brother Lama Michel Rinpoche and Guru Lama Gangchen Rinpoche to Nepal, Tibet, and Indonesia. Coming eye to eye with all of these beings and life forms, she aims to communicate our intrinsic connection with our planetary family, portraying both its strength and fragility. During our conversation, Fernanda emphasizes the inner world and the subtle part of us that carries on beyond our lifetimes in these bodies, the part that reincarnates according to the Tibetan Buddhist philosophy she has been immersed in since she was a baby. I appreciated her focus on small actions, as opposed to trying to be widely connected or making big declarations, as those small actions can be the most impactful on our inner worlds, more impactful on the vibrations and resonances we're experiencing. She also talks about how truth-telling can be healing, which comes up when she's sharing about doing the work that reconnects with people who are volunteering to do humanitarian work and the shift that can happen from a savior mentality to a worldview of interdependence. I asked Fernanda at one point a version of the same question I asked Max Wilbert in episode 29. How do you reconcile your personal participation in the things about our system that are so destructive while we're seeking to transform this system? This is something I've been contemplating myself for quite some time, It's present for me when I consider everything from the gas in my car to the technology I use to medications I take, and I feel aware of the very specific concrete ways that the production of these things is way out of right relationship with the ecosystem. Since talking to Fernanda, I've recognized that for me personally, part of what keeps this on my mind is my sense of what it feels like to be in full integrity 
to feel like I'm in right relationship and how often in my daily life I'm aware of being some degree out of that sense of integrity. And maybe that's not something I want to change. Maybe just like being present to our pain for the world as a form of intelligence, a crucial kind of feedback, and this comes up in a story that Fernanda tells, maybe I want to stay very aware of that sense of being out of right relationship, not mute that signal, not ignore it or get too used to it, or in the language I've been using, reconcile. Maybe I don't want to reconcile that. So sharing a little bit with you about where I am in that contemplation right now. I really appreciated Fernanda's reply to this question too, which you'll hear shortly, as well as Max's last month, and everyone I've reflected on this with. As always, I'd love to hear from you too. Comment on this episode at turningseason.com slash episode 31, or reach out through the contact form. You can always comment on Instagram too, but I'm in a new rhythm of signing in there only about once a week, so be aware I probably won't reply at the common social media speed, working on moving at the speed of life over here. A couple other things to highlight before you hear from Fernanda. She and I mentioned the Buddhist practice of Tonglen, which beloved teacher Pema Chodron explains like this. We visualize taking in the pain of others with every in-breath and sending out whatever will benefit them on the out-breath. In the show notes at turningseason.com slash episode 31, I'm including a link to an article by Pema Chodron about the Tonglen practice in which she actually mentions a similar thought to the one Fernanda shares about practicing Tonlin toward yourself, toward the suffering you're feeling at that particular moment, as well as everyone anywhere who is experiencing similar suffering. I'll also link to Joanna Macy's book, World as Lover, World as Self, which Fernanda mentions, and to where you can connect with Fernanda. Lastly, for anyone not yet familiar with the work that reconnects, which is the body of group work developed by Joanna Macy that Fernanda and I both facilitate, it's a set of teachings, group practices, and meditations that help people become unafraid of their pain for the world so we can face what's going on together and not get lost in panic or in paralysis and helps nurture a wider, more interconnected sense of ourselves, sense of our belonging, and then go forth more fortified in whatever way we want to take action or participate. The process involves going through four phases, which we picture as being on a spiral. The first is gratitude, where we root and resource. The second is honoring our pain. The third is perceiving in new and ancient ways. And the fourth is going forth. So you can have that in mind when we mention the work that reconnects. Okay, thanks for being here listening. On to my conversation with Fernanda. Welcome, Fernanda. Thank you so much for coming to talk with me today. Hi, Lilani. Thank you for the invitation. I always like to start with these open sentences that I'm sure are familiar to you. From the work Mm -hmm. that reconnects. Yeah. So I'll invite you first to finish this sentence. Some things I love about being alive on earth are. 
Some things I love about being alive on Earth are, oh, so many things. The more I think about it, more things arise. <laughs> but some things, I think first what came to my mind is the experience, the elements in my senses. So usually, like mostly the water, it's something I really get to a wow experiences of feeling different temperatures, different waves, different forms. And I think mostly how like the phenomena of the elements integrate and like manifest and how, you know, just to be around the fire and see the fire and like the wind and the clouds, like all the elements being all, all the dance. It's so beautiful and magical and something that I, I don't get tired of. Yeah. Getting attention to. Um, yeah, something else that I really love, it's connection. So connection with people that I don't know. It's something I love about being alive and being open for new adventures of friendships or like, yeah, just like really small connections with someone that it's like on the other side of the, the table, let's say in any context, but kind of trying to get out of the normal <laughs> zone. And um, yeah, with a smile, with a question, with like a comment that gets the experience of of uh, resonance, of seeing how much you you can connect with someone is something that I, I love about being alive. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. yeah. And animals too, I have to mention, because I love the experience of being alive and connecting with animals of, mm. and seeing the magic there is within the connection yeah <laughs> oh I love these and I really I'm really appreciating your description of the elements and yeah to never be tired of the elements means every day has something so wondrous to experience yeah I mean just now like by my window there is the shade of the trees on the wall just like that you know and I was just wondering that and how my thoughts were getting clear and calm within just observing the shade and the sun and the wall you know just like something like that mm, mm. absolutely that's a good reminder thank you mm, yeah moving to another the next phase of the spiral how would you finish this sentence when I look around at what's happening in the world, what breaks my heart is? Mm, yeah. Break my, my heart is the ignorance that, that exists all over on women and children. That's something that really breaks my heart. How much of the suffering that it's not seen and it's not like, yeah, it's not just seen, it's not talked about. And we are living like absurds of abused and yeah, so many ways. I think abuse, it's like reframing so many other layers into it, you know. But it's uh, really something that breaks my heart. Like, when are we stopping that? You know, it's in enough. And yeah, also like how we are wrapped into our society, how we cannot look around and see how our actions are influencing the whole system and rethink our consume, rethink 
our waste, rethink our attitudes and be together in the fight for our earth, you know? Mm-hmm. And it really breaks my heart to see like how it's hard. Oof, it's like, when are we changing also? It's a little bit frustrating. I'm not taking myself out of it, really. It's, um, it's hard, you know, to like change our patterns of, of this like, yeah, everyday life consuming yeah. everything. So yeah, something that breaks my heart also. Yeah. And also the animals I have to say. <laughs> mm. Oh, so so bad. How much we can't take it as part of intrinsic needs of our lives and they are in service and being completely also one scene of their magical beings, you know. And yeah. All all the system that sustains our capitalism and it's so bad what we do with all animals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Very true. I, I hear you. I'm with you on all yeah. three of those. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So I would like to know a little bit about how you came into the work that reconnects and deep ecology. Also, what you've just showed us about how you find yourself in the world you you seem quite at home in this sense of interconnection and if you want to share any of the story about mm. how you've come to to have this worldview if if, if you were raised this way or if it's mm-hmm. something you've come into yeah yeah thank you well yeah I have a very interesting like family let's say since some very small um my parents met this tibetan buddhist master i was one so all my life i've grown up very much into tibetan buddhism including the philosophy and very much of you know as something that you've grown up with and is kind of like take for granted uh, in the sense that it was too mental for me. Like I've grown up listening to the philosophy itself and it talks about, you know, interdependence and karma. And I mean, it's super complex, but I want to yeah. say that it was really mental for me, you know, like mental in the sense of like, how can I pass that through the experience? And so, yeah, when I found like the work of Jonah Macy, I was like, wow, like this is what I was really looking for. I think that also I had a really amazing opportunity to travel with my parents. So I went to India with four years old. I went to Nepal, um, Indonesia, a lot of, yeah, Tibet, uh, two, two times. So, so I had the beautiful experience of also having, growing up with the, within different cultures and experiencing, you know, so so I think like my worldview is pretty wide for for the experiences I have. So I feel like I I, I can connect with with people without judgment. I don't say that a hundred percent. Of course, we judge, but I want to say that I always I always try and I and I I always go back to the web when I look to, at someone and and it comes the judgment. I I can open myself up and I say, okay, this person is being just like herself as I'm being myself. I can't judge her. You know what I'm saying? And so 
I think the more and more I live and I grow up and I work, I see how how grateful I am for for my life and for my education and for the opportunities I had, you know, and how much that shaped who I am now. It's like really, truly grateful for that. Yeah, I love that example of noticing judgment and purposefully returning to uh, another view. And I wonder, because you said that the Tibetan Buddhist philosophy was more philosophical and mental, and then Joanna Macy's work helped bring it into, what would you say, like practical or in, in community? What did that offer you? Yeah, well, deep experiences, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think it really goes down to like experiencing deep, deep, deepness. And um, while I say I think it's kind of controversial because each one of us have our own experience of things. So I'm really talking about my own experience and really like, as I said, growing up, you know, listening a lot to the, to the teachings, going with my parents to like retreats and we are a lot. So it's, it's really my point of view, but I'm, I want to say that the, the, the deep experiences that her, she brings, um, it's, a, it's a different layer and more like, let's say modern in, in the sense of adapting to our society than the Tibetan Buddhism that was, you know, like 2000 years ago, like philosophy and I think that that experience that we can have is what breaks down the veil of illusion, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about some of the practices we do sometimes in work that reconnects like the council of all beings or the seven generations exercise, times where we take on the perspective of a human in the future or... Uh, mm-hmm. being from the more than human world. Is that some of what you're, you felt were the deeper experiences? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. So when I started like facilitating, I also inputted some of the Buddhism, yeah, the Tibetan Buddhist philosophy into it and then practicing the, the spiral after, you know, and it was, it's been really beautiful because it brings a different connection to spirituality in that sense. So what comes to me now is like, first of all, we talk about reincarnation, right? So like the preciousness of this life. So how this life is truly unique, how this body is just a transitory like body. And we are here as this amazing, beautiful opportunity to have this life. And um, what continues, it's our most subtle uh, mind, right? So we have our gross mind and we have our very subtle mind which is it's what's continue uh, life through life. And then I, what it said is that what continues is the experience of the subtle body. So what deep ecology is doing is moving our, you know, every time, let's say we are in the seventh generation and we really truly feel how we are the future ancestors, right? Or that is creating a mark in our subtle body. So this is what it's amazing for me because we are not, you know, we are practicing it together to, to evolve uh, um, in generosity for the sake of all beings again, you know. And so getting out of our own like egoistic selves, which is the key, right? The preciousness of this life is one thing that I really think that we, we acknowledge um, in the, the work that reconnects, you know, and... Um, 
how much also the karma is into it. Like every action, you know, has a result. It's so beautiful because it's really like that deepness of understanding like what continues. It's our inner world. And that's what I would say is like, that's for me, what is, is spirituality? You know, it's working on what continues and having the consciousness that we will reincarnate. So having that consciousness, I'm going to work within myself when what continues to work in my generosity, in my love, in my patience. And yeah, you know, in, in the quality that will continue, you know, so I think that work, the work that reconnects really work with that, thinking wide and to, to benefit others. It's really beautiful to, to connect those ideas. That is really beautiful. I've never thought about it exactly in that way, <laughs> you know, in the, the way that we, well, I guess I do think about the question of what continues, you know, and mm-hmm. I think about the impacts that we have around us on a vibrational level and in the mental and emotional experiences of other beings and the sort of unseen effects that we have, not the really obvious physical effects we have, but yeah. what what impacts we have that continue to vibrate out. Yeah. I I'm curious to go back to something you brought up when I gave you the open sentences. You brought up how hard it is for us to change how we live in our day-to-day lives. And this is something that's really fascinating to me right now and sometimes distressing is how to be embedded in a system that I am witnessing the destruction it creates. So I'm curious on a personal level with your deep roots in Tibetan Buddhism and in deep ecology on a personal level, how are you relating to participating in this, this current system, even as you work to shift it? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm learning a lot with the simple feeling, (laughs) the pain and getting that into practice to myself. I'm going to give a practical example. For New Year's, I went to Bahia here in Brazil, and it's a beautiful place, an eco-village, and it's by a river and the ocean. There is a river that gets into the ocean, and then there was a barrier that was open, um, and so much garbage came into through the river mm. and, and then through the ocean, and the beach was like, completely full of garbage, like of everything that you can think about, everything, right? And so you get into this place and wow, it's a huge impact. And I was like, okay, this is the perfect opportunity to feel the pain of the world, like truly, you know, because it's there, like there's no way out. Like I'm going to go for a walk in the beach and like kilometers or it's like all trash. So personally, what I did was like, okay, let me just feel that, you know, and I sat there and I was looking through it and taking it time for me to feel that. And then it came so much rage, like so much rage of like, okay, I'm really stuck into that because there is like, I don't know, um, objects that I also use around, you know, and plastic, Mm -hmm. all of the objects, all of those things. So I think that 
being a sensitive person and working with deep ecology, I think I, I this is the first thing I have to do. It's to learn how to feel the pain. First, I will do. I, I wanna, I wanna, you know, be able to hold the pain. And and what I see is that I kind of uh, froze on buying anything. Like I got back to home and I didn't went to the groceries yet. Like I didn't do anything. I'm like, okay, now I really want to rethink. What am I getting inside my home? So, yeah, there was an effect on that. Um, yeah. So that's one thing, like, you know, and, and that's it. Like understanding that every act, everything that I buy, it's my responsibility to do whatever it is with the package after whatever. But honestly, what I did, and, and I'm happy I did, was that staying there for more than an hour, I sat in the middle of the garbage and I was just looking and seeing what was rising. And, and so that was, yeah, I was like, okay, you know, something that I, I was happy that I've done. What else? I think basically like also having a wider perspective of things, something I do is not necessarily practical, but it uh, result into practicality because I try not to constrain things into my own worldview, let's say, you know, so for example, let's say like um, clothes, you know, like let's say I, I, I do want to like share my clothes. It's something I think a lot about is the fabric, the, the, all, all the system of fabrics and all the, the clothes buying. It's so crazy also like, well, all, all the industries, right? But the clothing, it's really crazy. So when I've been thinking that and I'm thinking like, well, I want to share my clothes that I don't wear and et cetera. So this is something I did. I sent message to my friends and I say, hey, let's make like a wardrobe of our collective clothes and see what we can share, you know, mm. and they love it. They were like, OK, that's really nice. And and so we didn't do that yet. But it's something I've um, also this year, like this was all within this garbage that created me like a really interesting movement of consumption, less and less and less and share. And, you know, so. Yeah, I think there there is moves, but it's really on the individual and the collective, like going through, it needs to have communication alone. It's, it's just impossible to do it. <laughs> I love your idea of a collective wardrobe. That's really fun. What a great idea. And just that impulse to figure out how can I consume less and how can I share more? Um, I also, I really love this as a deep ecology story that your human grief and rage was part of the feedback loop of life on earth that you as a a flowering a humaning of the earth felt this grief and rage and it caused a response that feedback said this is not working and we need to change and of course we we can only change on the scale that we have agency yeah, that's that's a beautiful example. And I, I think too on the, I, I'm not so familiar with Tibetan Buddhism, not in a deep way, but I am aware of the practice of Tonglen and breathing mm. in the pain and letting our hearts yeah. receive that pain and, and breathe back out. Something that might be of benefit, that might be a blessing. And uh, is that something you turn to or anything like that when you're feeling brave enough to sit in the garbage for an hour? <laughs> yeah well the the Tonlin practice it's really powerful and I've been also uh including on my my teachings and 
remembering that we can do it any moment, you know, so any like emotion that comes, let's say anxiety that comes and I can at that moment offer that all people that has anxiety at that very moment also be released from that pain, you know. And so this this part, it's so powerful, like really understanding that how just to get out of your own like ego, it's like, whoa, you just get into a wider perspective of who we are and how much we can use that, you know, uh, rage, let's say, or not good feeling at that moment to to benefit others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so I think that this, uh, for me, it's the, the actions are really small. It's like, for me, it's really small steps that create that change inside much more. I am honestly a little bit freezed within Instagram. It's, it's something that it's, it's taking me a little bit. Where am I going? Like people do likes, but where does that take me, you know, and what take me or people or, you know, so now for me, it's much more about like small attitudes than really like sharing much wider and connecting. I don't know if I'm putting into words, but I, th- I think I, you t- tell me if I'm understanding you right, that these, yeah. the kind of moments that you just told us about, that that's more where your attention is going than trying to share it in a big way or make public declarations or something like a like on Instagram. What does that even mean? What does that do? I don't know. But being with that garbage and planning on a collective wardrobe, these are more tangible, even if they're not, they don't seem big. Yeah. Um, Thank you. And then also, I think, yeah, exactly. And also like something that came a lot to me last year was like, well, if I don't walk my talk, you know, I better like go for a retreat and do nothing for a while (laughs) how can I walk my talk and and that came to me as a very intimate answer that each one of us has inside you know Mm -hmm. what is my talk and what is my walk and how can I be I think that's the biggest challenge for us um, that are let's say conscious of the chaos we are in Mm -hmm. and and so and so how and so for me, it came well. It needs to be really small. And it can be like taking my bike instead of my car. And, and that doesn't matter. It's not about the pollution. It's about my own attitude. And that will create me more energy to continue and to have more trust in life and to have more courage. And, you know, it's all like part of the resonance. You, you understand what I'm saying? I, I That's what I am getting into, like. It's yeah. much more subtle than because otherwise we 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 enter into this feeling you can't do much. And this is really a danger. It's like huge danger because it's not about that. It's about our inner world. And <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Going back yeah. to the beginning of the conversation, we are in this body, transient body. We are live what, like a hundred years, but the earth, earth will continue. Our granddaughters will continue. You know what I'm saying? Um, So it's really about our inner world. And that's what I I am most fascinated of. Yeah, I I think I really understand what you're saying and feel similarly. I had a reorientation. And I think in the maybe spring or summer last year, early summer, about, you know, how much I drive my car and how much gas I burn. If I think about it in terms of the percentage of global carbon output, it feels completely meaningless 
to choose to walk or to choose to bike. But (laughs) if I think about it in terms of my presence and what sort of, well, really in relationship, it's like if the, the earth is here caring for me, uh, providing me food, you know, and I like to compost as one form of reciprocity, right? Back to the to the mm-hmm. soil. If I put that gas in my tank and go burn it, it's like a, it's not a loving thing to do. And maybe the earth can handle me doing a little bit of driving, but if I can, if there's times when I can out of love choose to move in a different way and just over and over and over, if I can make the choices that are more loving to this whole web of life of which I'm, I'm a member of my family here on earth, it's more, that is more compelling to me now than thinking about the bigger scale impact of my little choices. Uh, Because it's, it's like, I don't know if they're ever going to be enough to change the big scale. And that can be very discouraging. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah. And yeah, that takes me back to Joanna when she says like world is lover, world is self, right? It's like, right. This book, I mean, it's so amazing. And that world as lover is really, really so many layers of profound teachings on that. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's mainly what is also this the society, the progressive society wants us to be, you know, just like machines and not having like feeling all of this these things that makes us frozen. And so something that I, I've been really wanting is to experience myself in different ways, you know, like, well, I'm going to do work with children and I will learn like new education methodologies, like transformation in education. How can we do that? So everything needs to be new somehow and transformed. Yeah. I wanted to ask you more about what you're inspired to do. And I also wanted to ask specifically if there's anything you want to say about what's happening in Brazil or where you are in Brazil that you want to? Yeah, well, for me, I'm so grateful now it's opening up for humanitarian work. So I am working within um, vacation volunteers and they bring volunteers to work for humanitarian work all over the world. And so I'm bringing deep ecology to prepare them to go to the missions you know so bringing them yeah so this has been really nice um I've just started and I'm really happy to get into that and then all of the humanitarian work and deep ecology it's opening up so it's uh wow so powerful and also bringing into refugee camps um just like you know circles for listening let's say in really simple yeah experiences for for people to be more resilient you know so I'm calling it inner resilience and more and more I see that there is not this care like it's so urgent all the other needs and there's no caring for the the emotional part which is really needed so I am really happy that I am being able to think about that and how can I put in a very simple way, like even the spiral, you know, but of course they already have a very intense emotional state and very sensitive. So it's different, but this is something I am um, now 
this year starting. I'll give you updates since I get more into practice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that would be great. That's really exciting. And I'm sure you'll learn so much. What a, what a contrast, the vacation volunteers and the refugees, two exactly. very different settings. Yeah, very yeah. different settings. And also, well, for me, what it's been interesting is that with the vacation volunteers, it's like really about getting out of the savior uh, uh, complex. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much of that. And so so how can within the notion of interdependence, like we are all connected, everyone has its own like really special, you know, gifts to this world and you're not better than the other one. Like, and then when you are giving this, this help, how to help without being the savior and understanding that we are all connected and you can receive within helping and all of that. So mm -hmm. it's a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, super beautiful in that sense, you know, because I think we're so much needed to to integrate um, generosity, which is, I think it's very beautiful that we can bring that into the world now, how much we need to get out of our own belly button, like so much. <laughs> yeah. I like, like that phrase a lot, integrate generosity. And, you know, because even if there is a savior complex in the mix, there is some generosity, right? And wanting to do humanitarian work. There's some, mm -hmm. there's a beautiful impulse in there to take care mm -hmm. of each other. Do you have any examples? I'm curious how that's shown up in uh, workshops where sort of the savior mentality shifting into a more interdependent mm. one, as you described it? Mm, yeah, well, when we get to the really vulnerable part of talking that your own truth and feeling your own pain, then it's so much easier to feel the other's pain and to get out of this, this complex, you know? Mm. Yeah. I remember now one person talking about that. Like, now I, I understand that I'm not saving her because I also feel the pain. Instead, that it's a different context. It's not the same pain, but I'm also suffering. So, yeah. yeah so, it's, uh, it's uh, wow, truth-telling. It's so powerful. It's so beautiful. And I love it so much to embrace that as really, it's a, it's a medicine, like super powerful medicine that has so many layers to to heal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So powerful and so, so true. And so, uh, familiar to me. I, I find it amazing that we have this, I was just speaking for myself, this forgetfulness that can, you know, creep in about how I might think that I'm different from someone else, whether it's because I'm suffering more or suffering less, whatever I might think. And then in that truth speaking, it washes away again and feel that, oh, right. And me too. And you too. And her too. It's, we're all, yeah. um, you know, it's not, we're yeah. not so different. No, uh, very well, powerful. But, yeah. And that, and that's also going back to Tibetan Buddhism and well, Buddhist in itself, not necessarily Tibetan, but talking about the Four Noble Truths, like the first one is suffering exists, you know? So it's yeah. like, yeah, we are all in this samsara, like the, the cycle of suffering. We born, we suffer, we die. We born, we suffer, we die. And there is this, this idea that it's okay, it's an idea, but when you really get to the, to the point of the more in intrinsic suffering we all have, you can have all the money in the world and be suffering as the most poor pe person in the world. Like, yeah. 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 
And so here in Brazil, I'm yeah, really, it's been interesting all the political shift that we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's wow, super exciting. There is one part which is very exciting. Are you seeing so, a change in in mood? Definitely, yeah. Wow, so much, uh, so much. Yeah, definitely. And also, there is a um, yeah, a sense of hope and also like more, let's say, respect. I think you know within their own country, let's say you know, because it was really so hard to have the less president there mm-hmm. um, and it was creating a lot of this dichotomy and the you know the now we can see how much there is all the respect especially what I am loving is the to to see how much the indigenous people are being in in the political um, positions um, and they are giving a lot of attention for that or demarcating the lands and well, now, I don't know if you're following, but there is one tribe that it was so crazy what the last government do. Like, uh, they, they completely ignored and people are com- completely there, uh, falling apart, like mm-hmm. dying, starving. It's The photos are completely... Uh, yes, I have wow. seen some of that, yeah. So that's all the parts, you know. Okay, we, we got... Now we are cleaning, trying to take the pieces around that was involved how in that part was what is happening now it's really drawing me to so much so much pain yeah mm-hmm. but um uh, yeah at the same time it's amazing and i'm so grateful we are having this opportunity it will be so much worse if the bolsonaro had won again you know so much worse for the whole world like yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so this part of hope is is really important. I think that we need good good vibes. Let's say vibes in the sense of being alive inside and and seeing that there is life moving outside and in the more broader context of the country. It's it's inspiring also. And is there any of anything that's happening politically or in activism right now that is? particularly drawing your attention or inspiring you to take part in right now Mm, yeah yeah there is um especially well uh up up in the country uh so many people from venezuela are arriving here refugees um it's like hundreds and thousands of venezuelans arriving and well now I'm, i'm really understanding so much more of the crisis that it, it's 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 huge <laughs> the, the refugee movement mm. um, it's so big so understanding that in brazil also there is a organization here in sao paulo that works with women uh, from mm-hmm. afghanistan mm-hmm. it's so hard because it's so different the culture i've done a meeting with them and it's uh it was interesting but at the same time super challenging so i i've been trying to also change the way that i and i ask things or that i try to connect and there's a whole way of yeah so it's a different cultures understanding how can we be the same also yeah it's it's hard to answer because i'm still uh, experiencing in a very um new way all of this yeah yeah but this part of the controversial of cultures within the humanitarian work is really really hard to deal with it's one of the main things you know um, yeah 
and then how to get into the human part of it. Like we are all humans. We all feel the same when <laughs> there is like a whole different worldview. They are completely different from yours. There's no right. one thing you think that it's same as the other one. It's like, okay, how can we start here? So, you know, the, the point is to find what did we have in common, right? And how can we collaborate within that? Like, it's not to see the differences, it's to see the similarities and how mm -hmm. can we connect within it. So let's say we all eat and we need to make food together. Let's cook together. And then yeah. within, within cooking together, there's a simple but really profound experience. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just as an example. Yeah, exchanging and understanding to be open. And yeah, I, I I am in love with different cultures and experiencing and learning through it. But it, it's completely different when you are a refugee and you're getting into somewhere where you didn't choose to be there. You know? it's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, going back to the small actions and to the resonance that we are creating within each other, you know, if you yeah. like something that you can do and all, always there's something to do. If it's a thought, if it's like leaving something there, you know, donate some blanket, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a, there's always something to do and you will feel the resonance. And that's for me what's really beautiful. And in Buddhism, uh, in my tradition, we talk about positive interdependence. So how can we be part of this positive interdependence? And so, yeah, it's not about only like connecting with someone, but it's living something for her, like living her in a better state. You know, it's just like how we say, like getting to one place and live it better than how you found, right? So that's the same way as as for people. So a nice, a nice idea. Like, Yeah, that is. Mm -hmm. Well, Fernanda, it's been so good for my heart and I'm sure for many listeners' hearts to hear from you and just get a sense of what you're thinking and feeling and doing in the world. I wonder before we wrap up, if there's anything else on your mind that you would like to share. And also for people who are in Brazil or visiting or anyone who might want to get in touch with you, if there's a good way to find yeah, you. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Leilani. I, I think I, I also reflected and talked and think at the same time. So really nice food for thoughts and, sharing all this new I'm feeling like I'm starting to you know see a whole like a like a huge door that it's opening up and I'm seeing so much work and light and a big mission to come mm. <laughs> so to share in this moment it's um it's powerful because you're I'm putting the words out and I'm sharing with other people and we will all be inspired by each other so yeah um what I want to say well I think that this year it's really powerful what I'm feeling from my own personal perspective is that if there is something that our heart is calling to do just do it <laughs> mm -hmm. and the earth is talking to us like I really feel that like I really feel that there's so much shift going on and we are part of this shift as we listen to the earth so the earth is talks so much uh, different ways, but I feel that there is this listening like within our own intuition, something that it's just about listening and doing and see what happens, like just experiencing oneself, the world itself, experiencing things. And 
the flow of experience will take us to places we really don't know as it's just taking me, you know, this humanitarian work came from a completely another thing that I was doing and it came to me, but the intention of experiencing was there. The, the, like nature itself experiences itself. So that's we are we, being part of nature and experiencing ourselves as human beings, being part of it is what we are being called for. Beautiful. Thank you. And um, whoever comes to Brazil, yeah, connect Instagram. You can find me there at Fernanda Lenz, L E N Z. Okay, um, perfect. I will include your Instagram link in our show notes so it's easy for people to find you. Thank you so much again for making the time and please do keep sharing with me and sharing with us how all this unfolds. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, we keep sharing. We keep having this flow of experiences of being alive in this beautiful earth. Yes. Thank you so much, Fernanda. And thank you so much for listening. Let me know what you think, what you feel about what you've heard. Part of the purpose of sharing these personal conversations with people who are rising to their own unique roles in the great turning and hear about what they love and what breaks their heart and what they're called to do is to give you a glimpse of all these different things that might resonate with you, inspire you, help you recognize what's yours to do in this time, or help you play the role that you're already in. Whether it's hearing from Charles Upton talking about collecting rainwater, slowing it and sinking it as it travels to replenish the groundwater, or Anne Nguyen talking about resourcing and pleasure, Fernanda sitting with garbage on the beach and being present to her feelings about it. When something strikes you, I would love to hear about it. Please share with me and help me bring you more of what's resonating comment at turningseason.com slash episode 31 or send me a message through the contact form or on Instagram. If you appreciated this, please rate the podcast with five stars on whatever app you're listening on to help us get these conversations heard by more people who would find them heartening and help me reach out to more amazing guests around the world that you would be excited to hear from. Visit the show notes at turningseason.com slash episode 31 for links to connect with Fernanda, to the book World as Lover, World as Self, and to Pema Chodron's article on Tonglen. I'll be back on the April full moon. Until then, thank you again for listening and for all the ways you play your part.